Welcome back to the Sunday brunch edition of Someone Has to Tell These Tales. I want to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Where it's month, it worked out perfectly, right? Sunday brunch and Mother's Day. Um, people, I usually have a topic, but I don't. And I'll be honest, this is my first Mother's Day without my mother. But it was a beautiful day. I went for a, a run. And when I say run, I'm going to be honest. Those of you that do run understand Galloway, which is a run walk. I do a whole lot of walk, a little bit of run. I haven't run, um, done any races seriously since maybe, oh, my goodness, it's been 2016. I gave that up when I started caregiving full-time, just was nothing that I could do to keep it, and um, I had I didn't even have time to train, but since my mother's passing, I have been going out trying to build back up stamina, and surprisingly, I'm, I'm a little smaller than I was when I was running, which to me is amazing because I ran at such a uh, of weight, um, I'm tipping, I'm going to tell you now, I believe in truth, transparency. I was over 200 pounds when I was doing these races. And now when I look back on it, I don't know how I did it. I just willed myself. It was something I wanted to do. And I wasn't in it to lose weight, and I actually didn't. I didn't lose. I didn't gain. I think I built up stamina and built up muscle, and that's why it appeared that I didn't lose. But as soon as I became vegan, bam, I lost 50, maybe 60 pounds. I didn't keep track for a long time. I did get on the um, scale a little bit because I wanted to see just how much I did weigh. And at one time, it was around 50-something. Since my mother's death, I actually gained back maybe 20 and that's still being vegan. That's because I just did bad things. I I wasn't doing sugar. And once I put sugar back into my diet, bam, you can't do that. I'm not treating myself to the desserts. I had to have a come to Jesus meeting and say, look, it's the cycle of life. Yes, I'm sorry that mom's gone, but you can't keep doing this to yourself. And so I, I cut out those desserts because I was like, I'd be out, and I'd say, well, you know what? I'm going to stop at the bakery outlet and treat myself. Well, a treat is a treat, and that means maybe every once in a while not treat yourself every day. I found myself subconsciously going all the way to the other side of the county because that's exactly where the outlet is. And making excuses like, oh, I'm going up here. I didn't have a daggone way to go up there. My objective was to go to that bakery outlet. And how can you try to fool yourself? That's some that's some crap, isn't it? But this show is not about that. This show really is about not moving on but finding something to do to put yourself in a position of 
being successful. That's all it is. Is I wrote a post today on one of my sites about the things that my mother gave me and not anything material, but the support and love that she gave me that allowed me to become the woman that I am. And I did not have the kind of mother. She was loving and she told me she loved me, but she did a lot of things by example. She didn't sit home and cheerlead. She was out working, and that's exactly why she's no longer here. She worked herself to death. She she was a single mother, and she just didn't take vacations, and she felt like she had to work. Even when she got sick and was bedridden, all she talked about is, I wish I could work, because that's what she knew. That's that generation, the hardest working generation. They call them the greatest generation, because they worked their behinds off. They knew the value of work and hard work. What they didn't know was how to play and how to enjoy yourself, and that's the difference between that generation and we'll skip all the way down to the millennials who first thing they want to know is how much vacation time they're going to get, what are the perks and balances of the company, and they will not be doing weekends all the time and all this other stuff so they can have time with their family and go on their trips and haven't even got their foot in the door. So the two opposite generations. And then there's the souls of us in the middle who are kind of like a combination of both, but we are closer to the hardworking generation. So we we hustle. We do. And we we pick up certain things by our surroundings. If no one even told you that you need to do certain things, you at least saw it. And so when I said that, my mother inspired me. Yeah, she she would um say, Hey look, I know you can do anything and she was my toughest critic and my biggest cheerleader. I'll tell you that down and sometimes that wasn't always fun, the criticism. It was raw and honest and I used to say, You know what? Sometimes you need to keep that to yourself and I think that a lot of times being close to people can be a blessing and a hindrance because how many times have you had your family say, oh, that won't work or, oh, that's not a good idea. And then after you've done and said it, they're like, oh, we knew you'd do it anyway. Now, my mom actually was not like that. She would, um, if I had an idea, even if she didn't agree with it, she would wonder how that was going to work. But she would always tell me, I know I know you know what you're doing. I know you know what you want, and I'm I'm right here for you. You got to have one of those people in your life because even when you don't, it just takes, takes, it takes time to get to where you want to be, and it's easier to have support than it is to do it all your own. Now, let me be clear here that some of the hardest things you do, and I've, I've walked alone a long time in things. You can't even tell your family because, like I said, people that know you, and I'm a firm believer that you can know someone, but you don't know their true heart, their true grit, what they truly think in their heart. Because there's always a piece of ourselves that we don't give 
everyone is anyone. It just is. It's that same place where it takes something traumatic to happen to you for you to realize the power you possess, the strength, the determination to get out of that. It just brings it out. That's that same place that's your own personal space reserved for you when you need to do something. Now, some people tell all, do all, want to be all. And some people don't let anything go. Opposite sides, both. Once you kind of like in the middle, that's a good place to be. But in life, as you go through life, you're going to need to assess when and where and how you let go a lot of this stuff. Why is that important, you say? Because you're going to have trials and tribulations. The uptimes, I'll be honest, what do you learn from from the good times? The good times bring us joy. And it's a reserve that when you think about things, when you're down and things may not be going right, it feels good. It gives us, allows us a cushion and a spot, a soft spot to rest for, if only for a little while, while we're going through trials and tribulations. But the tough times are what make you, what help you grow, and teach you those lessons. And while I say you need a balance of both. I say you need to at least at some point in your life go through more tough times to really understand and appreciate what it is like to live and be successful. And I'm going to put successful into parentheses because success in the society we live in is always coded with wealth and money your big car, your luxury car, your McMansion, uh, your job, your clothes, all of these things that can be lost in the blink of an eye. A hurricane can come along and blow down your house. Your car can be totaled. Your clothes will go out of date. Someone can steal your jewelry. Just on and on and on. There is nothing material that lasts. And even if it does last, it's not the kind of valuable thing. You can't eat that gold necklace. And whatever you get for it, no matter what the price of gold goes up to, it won't be the true value of what it is because no one's going to give you the value of it if they're going to resell it, right? Saying all of that because you can't lose your way. I'm at a threshold right now and I don't get religious I am more spiritual. I'm not talking about church and all these other man-made things. I'm just talking about finding your place in this world. 
Because like it or not, we are all connected to something larger than just being here searching for material gains. Just look at it. You are basically a prisoner. Notice I said prisoner to where you were born. You could have just as easily been born a poor child in a poor country as you could are a child from a a, a superpower like the states born into whatever class. Because here, if you're born poor, you don't have to stay poor, although now it's a hard trip with the middle being squeezed out to make it, but it's still a sliver, a possibility that you could, whereas in other places, there's no possibility, no way, no how, just not going to happen outside of a miracle from God. And um, those, it's no coincidences. We all come in with a mission. And success is relative. You might have 10 children, and your blessing is that you raised decent people who went out and helped the world. They don't have to be doctors and lawyers. They could be activists. They could just be good people to help people. We all got a role to play. And so when we we have these, I call them card holidays because it's not every day Mother's Day. It's not every day Father's Day. I mean, what, probably a grandparent's day by now. Anything for a card and flowers. But those cards you can throw away, flowers will. The true meaning of being appreciative to those in your life that are going to help. And I know people who didn't have good parents and still managed to make it some kind of way. That was their lesson in life of how not to be. You know, parents will screw you up. Your first teachers, they're, um, you know, if you're not getting a good example at home, sometimes it's too late when you find out how you really should go about your life. And some people haven't had that. And if they don't get a mentor, their life is messed up. I think I saw something about some kid who, um, he was a good kid, and his parents never gave a crap about him, and every milestone in his life they missed. And then he graduated from college, and they still missed out on coming. Now his parents, they probably had some kind of problem, drug problems, whatever. And once drugs take over, nothing really matters but that life whole way of living is living around getting those drugs and nothing else matters. But he still made it. It was for him and in him to make it despite his circumstance. So don't ever think that you're a prisoner to a circumstance but we are prisoners to where we are born because you have to overcome that. 
And like I said, prisoners do get out of jail. But you have to want to. You have to do your time. And you have to work. And when you do find that exit. Now, there are people who maybe never have traveled or get jobs because they travel and become exposed to things that open up. That's a relief. That's how you get out because if you know nothing but what you've always known, you, you'll never grow. Ever grow. How can you live in this world and know and socialize with only people that are just like you? What what are you going to learn? You don't have to be best buddies with someone who's totally opposite, but your world will be much better if you're meeting people and understanding them because that I have a friend and don't really know anybody and don't really understand. Empathy is okay, but to just the best way I can put it is this. I've 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 run into as an as a black woman in this world, I run into many people, good people, who will say to me, Oh, I'm sorry someone did that and I'm talking about white people. And I always say to them, You didn't do anything, so don't apologize for people. I won't apologize for anyone I'll apologize for myself. And you can't apologize for people. What you have to do or what you should do is just make it a point not to become like those people. Because you can't you can't dictate to someone else how they should feel or what they should think. We've all got set in our ways about different things, and some people just aren't open. And growth and prosperity requires that you are open to the possibilities. So many, when you look at the stories of successful companies and people that run them, and I'm not talking about people who inherited them, because it's a whole different story when you are giving something through your family than it is in building something. That's two different disciplines. When you build something from scratch, and I think there's a saying, it's a lot of um, a, a little bit of dirt in those successful families because they stepped on people to get to a lot of places. But when you're building something from scratch, it takes a whole different mindset than running it. And that's where people get into problems. You have to know when you're finished building, meaning that you're working on a goal and you're working on it. You're doing all the things to make it successful in a business. You're doing everything in your life to change your life, make it whatever it is you want to be. When you finally get to that plateau, you have to understand that now you've got to switch to not so much maintaining, but to operating on a system that allows you to 
grow from where you are. It's different than building it up. You've already laid that foundation, put up the structure. Now you're working from within those walls, trying to do something. And that's why I'm talking about support and surrounding yourself with people who not will go along with you because that only lasts for so long and gets you so far. You got to you can't know everything. Surround yourself with people who lo- know different things than you, who will be beneficial to you, not in a way to use them, but if you know all there is to know about X, Y, Z, then you find somebody else who has knowledge of A, B, C, E, D, F, and G. Those people will help you. And if you're lucky, one of them will be a mentor. Everyone doesn't have to be your mentor. You need just one good mentor. And for some people, along the way, you have mentors along the way. Maybe they don't stick with you. And some people never get that mentorship. Some people really basically have to try and fail and succeed and learn on their own. Those are the people that actually make the best mentors because it's so much that they've picked up along the way. Because people, even mentors, can only tell you all that they can think to tell you or want to tell you. But it's nothing like your own experience. And that's powerful. Just think about it, though. Someone can tell you their experience, but until you experience it, you may have an understanding when a situation arises that, okay, this will happen. I've been warned about this or that and be able to avoid some of the pitfalls. But you still got to go through that storm yourself to see. And in that storm, you'll learn something more than what someone told you because you can't always tell everyone. Every once in a while, what you relay to someone may be helpful, but in the end, you got to do it yourself. You got to find out about it yourself. It's got to happen to you, right? So on this Mother's Day, as I think back over all the things that I've shared with my mother, and I have no sayings that she she didn't have anything, any saying that she said more than anything else. I just know that it was her example that got me through in her example of what to do and what not to do. Like I said, she worked herself to death and a lot of her problems came from stress from work. You know, as a a black woman in this world, you take a lot of crap at work. You're done. I mean, there's so many stories. Um, And that's in addition to what everyone, I don't care who you are, 
a lot of people, you've got to put up with some mess at work just to eat and keep a roof. There are people that physically become ill just at the thought of going to work, but you know you can't quit that job. You still got that mortgage to pay. Still got kids to put through college. Miles to feed. And other bills to take care of. So you can't. So you live a life of misery, counting down the days when you retire. And this generation is not going to be like the rest of us generations before. They're not spending 20, 30 years on a job. They will move around at the drop of the hat for a better deal, a better company. And not only that, they won't have one career all their life. They may be in the same field, but it'll be different jobs. And technology changes so much that even if you are in a techie field, there are so many new changes and so many branches to go off of, you won't be doing the same thing like Uncle Fred who worked at the steel mills knew he was going to do the same thing every day, your daddy who laid brick, or even in these white college, because of basically techies are white college, they don't get their hands dirty. They're sitting up there punching on a computer, imagining the future, or dealing with what someone else has developed. It's a, a, a different kind of stress instead of manual stress. It's just a mind stress. But whatever the reasons, or rather whatever the situation is, today's in today's world, We need, we still need that human contact. We still need a support system. And I'm going to tell you, I've, I think I've said this before and even on this podcast, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to say it. What concerns me most about society now is that you can be totally antisocial and live. You can live your life basically from cradle to the grave right now at this time without interaction to people because you're born you can get you can be homeschooled get everything off the internet do everything you need to do from order food to being entertained to paying any bills to having a job. And and now young kids, young kids who have this technology because we're in this age where they grew up with it are making more than their parents. We hear story after story of a teenagers, even some not even teens yet, who've been hired by these companies because they're really good with computers and problem solving with this kind of technology and making good money. So you don't have to interact with anyone. Never leave that house. How is that helping you relate to anyone? How does that help you change the world? 
And in an age where we have global warming and need to come together to find resources, we need the best minds to try to figure this out. It's not rocket science that we need to stop clear-cutting. It may be, you know what, I'm pretty sure it's just too late to control what is happening, but it's not too late to try to slow it down. Because we've gotten to a phase where population densities and greed are causing us, are going to, look, people of this generation are greedy. The next generations are not going to have clean water. I'm here in Florida. We have an aquifer that took millions of years to build up. It's practically drained. I think it's at one-fourth of what it should be. Yet we keep building, building, building. We'll run out of resources, water, before we run out of land because there's still lots of land to develop. But just because it's there to develop does not mean we need to develop it. And we're also getting into this gentrification of towns and cities where we're kicking people out, driving up the prices. At what price is that? The very resources you need, the, the transportation, the access to jobs, aren't found in the suburbs. Like if the suburbs were meant to get away, be little um, subcultures of society where you came to get away from it all, and the people that need those resources in the city the most are being pushed out there. As a matter of fact, they're just being pushed out, period, because you can't afford homes anywhere once the area becomes hot. It's no longer the large towns like New York, L.A., and um, the Bay Area with San Francisco, Oakland, um, Berkeley, those areas are not the only areas anymore in the country that are high rent. Uh, You go up to Seattle and Portland, anywhere where techies or the hot industry has taken hold. Now even the Orlando, Central Florida area, Miami has always been a little higher, probably the highest rent district in Florida, but Central Florida now it's becoming that hot, hot place that everyone's moving to, and the cost has gone up substantially. You've got um, North Carolina at one point was a uh, Charlotte is a banking capital. I'm told now that the Raleigh-Durham area is fastest growing. But the point being is that people are not staying regional anymore. People are moving about the country, and creating jobs and wealth in various places like the South that didn't used to be that way. However, there were people that were already there that are not benefiting or able to join in in this wealth. And we're seeing wholesale across the board around the country those are the people that are being left out. 
No one wants tiny homes, not in our community, not this and not that. But what are you going to do with people? They're working for people who actually have jobs, but they still can't afford somewhere to live. And many places that you rent, if they want first and last month's rent and a security deposit, you could be easily looking at three to $4,000. And most people working these jobs do not have that amount of money on hand. And there's always something going up. And you don't have enough money to save for it. So my point being this, I've gone around Robin Hood's bond and talked about needing that support, needing to have seen people who worked and who mentored or just surrounding yourself with success. And sometimes that's not always the case because a lot of people's parents have struggled. But you do need that foundation, and I think that that foundation will get you through. And there will be folks who say, oh, but I've been poor all my life, I've worked hard, and I still haven't gotten anywhere. And this may, I won't even say may, this is true for some folks, but you got to understand that. If we reimagine what it means to be successful, reimagining anything doesn't put food on the table, doesn't pay your bills, it's not going to make you happier. But if you rethink about how you can go about taking care of these basic needs, because it used to be, and I used to think this, get enough money to own your own home, own your own piece of land, and control your destiny, only to find out the city can come with this imminent domain, take your land, take your house, and you have nothing. So basically everything is on borrowed time. Why waste your money on things that probably can be taken away from you? You got to be a little bit smarter. You have to... I'm getting in this society that there's not only got to be a plan A and a plan B, but you might need plan C and a plan D too. But watch your foundation, people. So lesson for today on this Mother's Day is that if you did not have the greatest love from the first person heartbeat that you heard, the first person to love you unconditionally, the person who showed you care and set the example for you. If you do not have any of that, you still have that sense in yourself, that innate sense of how you should go about in this world and do things. You may long for that mothering, but you've got to have that sense because in this world, with all I just said about how you need to assess situations, 
and make things happen. It's good to have support, but it's also good to know that whoever you are innately has to shine through. And hopefully that's a light, not a darkness. We're all yin and yang. We can all be a little good. We can all be a little bad. But hopefully it's more light than dark, right? Be open to who you are and not be afraid because if you live a life never truly letting yourself be or do the things that you want to do, and I'm not talking about um, deviant things. Maybe some people really want to kick the bucket in terms of, and not kick the bucket in terms of death, but, you know, stir things up a bit. I'm talking about your dreams and desires. And so you can dream about something all you want to, and you can make goals all you want to, but you got to at least try to do something. And you say, I don't know how. Take a step. Try something. And at different points in your life, just because it's not for you right now at the stage you're in doesn't mean it can't happen, and it doesn't mean that you procrastinate. You just keep that in your mind, and that's what I'm talking about when people don't really know what you really desire or are capable of doing. Because sometimes you just can't tell people, no one, even people you love. The minute you stop talking about something, but you keep it in your mind as something you would like to work on, is the minute you become successful. I'm telling you that, the truth. And most times, more often than not, when you got people that love you around, you're good people. After you've done it and been successful, everybody is all ballyhooing you. This is great. I'm so proud of you. But they wouldn't even have said that if you had a kept harping on it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Don't put it out into the universe like that. Just think on it and then do it. Quietly do it. Who has to know? Right? Who has to know? So for those of you that are mothers, like I said, mothers to two legs, four legs, Mother figures, positive um, mothering, maybe aunties or something, whatever it is. Enjoy your day and know that you too, even when you are the example to other people, deserve to have your desires met. And with so many women, you put aside everything to lift everyone else up, take time to to make time to lift your own self up because that helps everyone in your family, everyone that you love. Be well, my friends.